Investors fear sales. It sells and it makes money for everyone, but for you. It creates emotion and keeps TV viewers from changing the channels. It keeps digital social media consumers from clicking away to other social networks. It keeps many investment newsletter writers in business selling $99 a year subscriptions. And it keeps many retail investors frozen in their tracks, out of the markets, or selling stocks when they should be buying. The data doesn't lie. Selling fear is a great business. Which brings me to the title of this week's episode, titled, Fear sells. Before we press onward, please take a moment to click on both the subscribe and notification bells so you will be alerted when our investment team uploads our latest content. Or better yet, give our Oak Harvest team a call at 877-896-0040 to speak to our team and set up an initial consultation with an Oak Harvest advisor to discuss your personal financial situation. Okay, so here's a summary of the year-to-date returns of a few major equity asset classes year-to-date. As of this writing, the S&P 500 had gained a total return of a bit over 20%. The NASDAQ composite was up almost 37% year-to-date, and the top 100 NASDAQ market cap stocks, as represented by the QQQ ETF, was up a whopping 44% year-to-date. The Dow Jones Industrial Index is up over 8%, including dividends. Even the normally boring Japan Nikkei is up 27% year-to-date. Investors, while our investment team entered 2023 bullish on the markets, bullish on first half 2023 returns, and bullish on growth stocks, and very bullish on where we finish 2023, we've underestimated the FOMO, fear of missing out, that's entered the markets over the last four weeks in July. Ever since the herd flipped to the notion that we first discussed over 10 months ago, what's that? That inflation is symmetrically declining, And ever since the S&P 500 exceeded 4,300, say 4,350, we've seen FOMO set in for both retail and institutional investors. It looks like we are currently pulling forward some of the second half 23 returns our team has forecasted. That being said, if you turn on the TV, browse some financial news websites, or read a newsletter, just as they have for a year now, the vast majority of financial headlines remain negatively biased and fearful. Case in point, last Thursday, there was a hint of the Bank of Japan changing its interest rate policy. More specifically, there was talk of them tweaking their yield curve control policy, which is like our QE program, to let their long-term interest rates rise above, are you ready for this? Above 50 basis points. That's one half of 1%. And almost immediately, the financial news headlines blew up with the following headlines. Here they are. The Bank of Japan could spell trouble for US treasuries. The Bank of Japan just shocked the markets. The Bank of Japan sends yields soaring with a surprise policy change. And finally, the Bank of Japan's may crash the bond markets. The computers took over and instantaneously and indiscriminately sold U.S. Treasury bonds, the S&P 500 stocks, and tech stocks for about six hours. The rationale for institutional investors doing this, who are trading short-term with computers, was largely because the Bank of Japan has been buying much of its own bonds to keep yields below 50 basis points over there. The theory is that if they let Japanese yields rise, it would encourage Japanese investors who being some of the most risk adverse investors in the world and being excess savers are one of the largest foreign creditors of the US federal government owning our treasuries. It would incent them to invest more of their yen savings at home in Japan and less abroad. These actions might reduce demand for U.S. Treasuries and send our own yields higher. It's pretty much the only thing financial networks wanted to focus on last Thursday because, in theory, it would be bad. Forget that GDP growth was just reported to be in the mid-2%, normally Goldilocks. 
Forget that inflation has tanked over the last 12 months and the employment cost index rose only 1% in June, the smallest increase in two years. And fast forward to the Bank of Japan. That's the real issue. That's what's gonna cause a crash in what the networks were implying. Or take what they call news that they reported on midweek. Look at the spin that they put on to have investors infer it was bad news. The supposed news story was this. The Dow Jones Industrial Average saw a 13-day winning streak, which was the longest streak since what year? Guess the year. It was 1987. And before that, it was 1897, with the implication being that it's a bad thing. Remember how bad 1987 was? Of course you do. The market crashed back then. Viewers and readers, don't you remember October 1987? Was the implication from these stories. Don't you remember the crash? And of course, no one remembers 1897 because that was so long ago, no one is alive. So it must be bad. Folks, since when was a long winning streak a bad thing? And more so, since when was a winning streak in an index that has lagged massively year to date? It's value biased, it has higher dividends, and it's generally a good representation of a stock market that's broadening, not narrowing. When's that a bad thing? I guess if you were short or had listened to the fear-based stories for the last 12 months, it's a bad thing. Or investors, listen to the stories about the office real estate markets. That's the issue that's gonna crash the stock markets and bring down the economy. Those stories on the real estate markets have been out there since COVID hit the global workforce three and a half years ago. In 2023, those stories have been amplified by the financial media louder than almost any other subject. It hit cocktail party talk this summer in my neighborhood, which is normally a great indicator of too late to matter or the worst is already priced in. And while clearly the office markets are not in great shape in most cities, it appears as if occupancy rates in some of the worst markets like San Francisco have troughed and demand is picking up. In fact, Many big institutional investors look to be nibbling for the first time in years as valuations have dropped, cap rates have risen, and overleveraged and marginal players are forced to exit. Investors, it's a proven fact that fear sells better than optimism, that emotion of fear is much more powerful than happiness. However, at the end of the day, over longer-term investing horizons measured in years, which equity investing is, how many rich pessimists, short sellers, or news reporters can you name? I'm just saying, I don't know any. At Oak Harvest, we currently manage broadly diversified equity portfolios that manage risk and reward for our clients. For those investors who are less optimistic and less risk-taking, those seeking higher dividend income that grows, those investors willing to forego some price appreciation in favor of lower volatility, we have a dividend growth equity model. Those investors who are more optimistic camp, seeking higher long-term price appreciation, which does carry higher expected volatility without the focus on dividend income, we have a blue chip growth equity model. The overall tools our advisors and financial planners use are usually a combination of market and insurance-based tools to meet your retirement goals. Our investment team is busy working on some new and highly unique equity models for our advisors to use as tools for our clients in the not so distant future. Stay tuned for those. The future in the stock markets are always uncertain, and that's why our retirement planning teams plan for your retirement needs first and your greed second. Give us a call to speak to an advisor and let us help you craft a financial plan that helps you meet your retirement goals. Call us here in Texas at 877-896-0040 and schedule an advisor consultation. We're here to help you on your financial journey into and through your retirement years. From the whole team here at Oak Harvest, have a blessed weekend. All content contained within Oak Harvest Podcast expresses the views of the speaker and is for informational purposes only 
It is based on information believed to be reliable when created, but any cited data, indicators, statistics, or other sources are not guaranteed. The views and opinions expressed herein may change without notice. Strategies and ideas discussed may not be right for you, and nothing in this podcast should be considered as personalized investment, tax or legal advice, or an offer or solicitation to buy or sell securities. Indexes such as the S&P 500 are not available for direct investment and your investment results may differ when compared to an index. Specific portfolio actions or strategies discussed will not apply to all client portfolios. Investing involves the risk of loss and past performance is not indicative of future results.